Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Glitch Report. My name is Nitwit. Thank you so much for joining me on the program today. We're going to be talking about the latest and greatest video game news from around the world. We have so much to talk about today. Uh, PlayStation has been increasing the prices of some Steam games in uh, various countries, including countries in North America. We're going to talk about that. Sega has bought Angry Birds developer Rovia. We're going to talk about that. Um, a gentleman by the name of Gary Bowser will need to pay Nintendo for the rest of his life for some crimes uh, he has been uh, found guilty of committing. All that and so much more on Glitch Report this week. You know, we are in a um, we're in kind of like I want to say calm before the storm. It's not necessarily that we have like a storm, you know, of games coming or anything quite like that. But, um, you know, I'm looking at kind of the calendar, uh, dead Island two, uh, which is out on Friday. That'll be out uh, by the time the audio version of this podcast is out, but really next week, we're kind of looking at like, you know, for the next week ish, I should say we have some games, man. We have some games. I'm going to be, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to be pretty busy with some games. We have the last case of Benedict Fox. That's out April 27th. That's next week. Um, that is like like straight up a week uh, away. And then uh, a week and a day away, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Two games um, that I'm very interested in playing and will definitely be checking out, you know, sometime next week. And then, of course, um, you know, kind of two weeks, a uh, week and a half, I should say, uh, away from now, we have Redfall. Redfall is out May 2nd. So we got uh, Dead Island out tomorrow. That's the 21st. Uh, Last Case of Benedict Fox out on the 27th. Jedi Survivor out on the 28th. And then Redfall out May 2nd. And uh, yeah, man, like we got games. We are, you know, spring can be and has been at times a quieter period. Um. For gaming in general, you know, we kind of in the situation where, you know, a lot of games will be scheduled to come out in the fall, right? Trying to hit that, you know, September to, you know, early December at the absolute latest um, period. And then when those games get delayed, uh, they might get delayed into, you know, uh, January or February. Uh, but, you know, some in some cases they are delayed even further than that, you know, definitely in the case of something like Redfall been delayed to basically you know mid spring Uh, i guess you would say mid spring is probably the way to describe may anyways april showers april video games bring may video games that's that's what uh, the saying is um speaking of delays in games uh biggest news coming out of last week happened just after i finished recording the podcast maybe i should switch my uh, recording times Uh, we shall see suicide squad kill the justice league has been delayed yet again, all the way to 2024, Um, which is uh, real crazy considering uh, that game originally was supposed to come out in May. Uh, It came out in May and then was delayed to late this year and now has been delayed further to February 2nd, 2024. Uh, This is a post that uh, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League, the Instagram account, wrote. Um, 
Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League will now launch on uh, February 2nd, 2024. We have made the tough but necessary decision to take the time needed to work on getting the game to be the best quality experience for players. Thank you to our amazing community for the continued support, patience, and understanding. There is much more to share in the months ahead, and we look forward to seeing you in Metropolis next year. First thing I, I just want to say is they, they use the word community, the amazing community for continued to support. Um, what what community does this game have? I'm not going out of my way to shit on this game um, by any means. I would love it if it was good. And I've talked about how like, you know, the some of its part, you know, the some of its parts don't necessarily seem like an interesting game. But like if you were to be like, you know, tell nitwit on paper, hey, you know, we got loot, we got numbers, we got, you know, class abilities and open world. Like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, so great. This is this all sounds good when they've put it together and presented it um, the way that they have at uh, Sony's uh, state of play showcase back in February. It did not seem hot. And I don't know if a whole year's length of development time is going to be enough to, you know, kind of change the fortunes of this game. You know, obviously remains to be seen. There is every possibility that come December of this year, you know, they make the decision to push it back to spring, right? You know, maybe take uh, take a Redfall approach and be like, actually, springtime might be a, a better option for this game. Maybe gives it more room to breathe. Who can say? But uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Just League, has been delayed yet again. Best of luck to all those involved. Let's move on to something a little... <laughs> um, I don't know if you ever heard of the Red Cross. Yep. Uh, Red Cross have, uh, have some shit on their mind, uh, apparently. The Red Cross is encouraging gamers to not commit war crimes in the Fortnite mode that the charity organization has designed red cross wants gamers to consider the laws of war when they're scoring a dub in call of duty Warzone. i'm getting this uh, article from vice um it's a it's a strange one uh, the international committee of the red cross the icrc is asking gamers to follow the rules of war when they're murdering friends and enemies in fortnite call of duty Warzone, and escape from tarkov Play by the rules, a website set up by the Red Cross says how you play first person shooters makes a difference on battlefields in real life. To spread awareness of the laws of armed conflict, the Red Cross has teamed up with streamers to show how challenging it is to follow the rules while playing games like PUBG and Rainbow Six Siege. Quote, every day people play games set in conflict zones right from their couch. But right now, armed conflicts are more prevalent than ever, the website said. And to people suffering from their uh, from their effects, this conflict is not a game. And to the, oh, sorry, hold on, let me say that again. And to the people suffering from their effects, this conflict is not a game. It destroys lives and leaves communities devastated. Therefore, we're challenging you to play FPS by the real rules of war to show everyone even wars have rules which protect humanity on the... I'm sorry, I don't mean to be cracking up. It's war crimes. We should laugh and joke about war crimes, but um, uh, there's real rules uh, which protect humanity on battlefields in real life. I don't know how much humanity gets protected on battlefields um, in war. It's kind of the whole point. Um... 
the laws of armed conflict are very real, but the uh, Red Cross has simplified them for video games, of course, treating gamers like they're stupid. Um, they are uh, no thirsting. When an enemy is down and can't respond, you can't keep shooting at them. No targeting nonviolent NPCs, that's non-playable characters. No, on, uh, no targeting civilian, uh, civilian buildings. Use medkits on everyone. So they're like, if your enemy is down, don't keep dumping into them. Uh, don't target uh, nonviolent characters. Don't blow up civilian buildings. And and everyone deserves a med kit. If you see a wounded civilian, use a med kit on them. Uh, you know, as much as you would use it on your fellow soldiers. What the hell? Um, I don't understand. Um why all of a sudden the Red Cross is, is doing this. Uh, they've also designed uh, their own level and mode in Fortnite, which is meant to educate players about the rules of war. Uh, the Red Cross did something similar in 2017 when it partnered with Arma 3 to release an expansion called Laws of War, which focuses on reconstruction efforts after violent conflict. The Red Cross intentions here are noble, and it's good that an international organization recognizes the cultural power of video games, but the play-by-rules campaign feels tone-deaf. Okay, this is this is the Vice editorializing. I can ed editorialize all of my own things. Vice News for that. Um... So the Red Cross says to not commit war crimes in video games. They have given out the rules of war and made a Fortnite mode designed around you not committing war crimes in video games. Except I don't know if Red Cross has ever played a video game before. Most video games are about playing, you know, some form of war or violent conflict and often you are committing war crimes. I mean, like think about Uncharted for a moment. Like, uh, Nathan Drake is like a serial killer, the likes of which, you know, very few people have ever, you know, gotten to in, uh, in real life. You know, obviously he's shooting dudes and they're bad mercenaries or whatever, but like you murder, and I'm not saying murder is a war crime. Though it's weird that murder isn't a war crime. It's weird that war crimes exist to begin with. Again, I'm not an expert on war. Um, I would like to say war, what is it good for? But most video games are about committing war crimes. I don't know if like, you know, the Red Cross has an ax to grind with all video games that have ever existed, but most video games are about committing war crimes. Sonic the Hedgehog is a war criminal, right? You know, Dr. Mario is a war criminal. Pac-Man, a war criminal. Hell, even the mere existence of Mario Party is a war crime as far as I'm concerned. So um, I, I don't quite know what uh, the Red Cross is getting at with their uh, whole don't commit war crimes thing. But um, I don't know. Call of Duty, Escape from Tarkov, PlayerUnknown's Battleground, Rainbow Six, Fortnite. Those are games all about committing war crimes. And if you didn't commit war crimes, you wouldn't be playing the game. That's all I have to say about that. Now that I've offended everybody who has ever experienced war, let's move on to something else. Uh, PlayStation has significantly increased uh, Steam prices in some countries. Canada and Japan, among these countries, to see rises while Argentina is hit particularly hard. This is coming from Video Games Chronicles. Shout out to Video Games Chronicles. 
All right. So Sony Interactive Entertainment has significantly increased uh, increased its game prices on Steam in some countries. Um, this was first spotted by Reset Era user uh, Chairman Chuck. Uh, the prices of Sackboy, A Big Adventure, and Returnal have increased this week in countries including Argentina, Canada, Chile, China, Colombia, Japan, and South Korea. Uh, Video Games Chronicles has verified these prices using Steam database and found that other PlayStation titles, including God of War and Spider-Man Remastered, have received similar price increases. The prices increase vary by country and title. In Canada, the price for all four games have been upped by $10, representing a 14.5% to 17% increase based on their starting price. In Sony's home country of the of Japan, the price of the games have risen between 29 to 32 and a half percent. Argentina appear, appears to be uh, by far the most heavily affected by the price increases of God of War, which has more than doubled this week. Video Games Chronicles asked Sony for a comment on the prices. They did not receive a response. That's fucking crazy, man. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm trying to ball on a budget, you know, I'm, I'm making, you know, content. I'm, you know, recording videos, I'm streaming, doing a podcast, whatever. But that doesn't mean I'm like fucking made of money. I'm a very humble, uh, creator in, in, in all of this stuff. Um, and, uh, to see an older game like God of War on PC go up in price like that just stinks. It just stinks, man. Like, you know, Sony doesn't have a games library solution like Game Pass on PC. And of course, like, you know, they're really trying to get that money um, through game sales and less on their subscription services. So I, I get it. But to see these games go up in price after being out for, I mean, when did God of War come out? Let's find out. When did God of War? God of War 2018 came on PC January of last year. So like a, a, a more than a year has passed, and now we're getting like the prices jacked. It's just fucking bizarre. But uh, you know whether it's corporate greed or whether it's inflation or whatever some bullshit. Um, gaming has always been an expensive hobby. Like don't don't get it twisted. I mean. You know, people talk about, oh, I can I can do free to play or I can do this and that. It's like, yeah, but you still need some sort of device to play free to play stuff on. Um, and it's like, well, you can play free to play games on my phone. Okay, guess what? Your phone, you could buy two PlayStation fives for the cost of like your, you know, high end uh, phone in some cases. And obviously, a phone does more than consoles. I'm not, uh, and, and we, we need, I would argue that in, in this world, we, we need phones way more than we need consoles, um, way more than we need high-end gaming PCs and, and stuff like that, especially for communication and, and things like that. But I'm just saying shit has always been expensive, continues to be expensive and inflation and corporate, uh, greed in the case of, uh, of potentially in the case of Sony, uh, not making things any better. Sega has confirmed to a uh, Sega confirms it has agreed to acquire Rovio, uh, which if you don't know Rovio, they are the Angry Birds people. Now, if you remember, talked about them, you know, earlier this year on the podcast about how Rovio has been trying to stop people from playing the original Angry Birds game because it has gotten in the way of their ability to make money off later 
and more recent Angry Birds titles. Uh, so it seems like maybe they were on the ropes financially to to some extent as they tried to squeeze money out of uh, current uh, products instead of letting you know people continue to engage with purchasing uh, pre, you know older products like original Angry Birds. Uh, this will cost Sega about $776 million, which is lower than the $1 billion that was reported by the Wall Street Journal uh, last weekend. Uh, this acquisition is considered to be a friendly takeover, as Sega states that Rovio's board of directors have agreed to and expressed support towards the tender offer. Sega expects this deal to close by the second quarter of fiscal year 2024, which means it should be done by about September of this year. According to a statement, Sega has acquired the Angry Birds studio to bolster its own live service mobile game portfolio. I want to use, uh, quote, Rovio's distinctive know-how in live service mobile game operations to bring Sega... Um, Sega's current and new titles to the global gaming market where there is large potential. I don't. Oh, sorry. It's not. I want to use it. It wants to use quote Rovio's distinctive know-how. Okay, great. Um, you know, like it, you know, it is a very uh, tricky uh, landscape gaming right now, right? You can have a global phenomenon, phenomenon in in and and a hit in the case of something like angry birds they made like y'all forget they made angry birds movies man um they made like there's so much angry birds out there in the world like there's more angry birds than you can fucking shake a stick at um to some extent i mean gosh how many were all the oh boy now i'm on the angry birds wikipedia page and this is just becoming a nightmare where's media angry birds yes there we go how many movies they're making a third angry birds movie like you mean to tell me that rovio can't afford to keep making Ro angry birds you know games at the rate that they were when they angry birds 2016 angry birds 2019 that's for the second one angry birds 3 tba um, Angry Birds, uh, the first movie made $352 million at the box office. Second one, maybe not quite as much, $154 million. Seems to have a higher Rotten Tomatoes score, 73% compared to 43% for the first one. But I'm getting distracted here, but, you know, maybe we can finally have Sonic with the Angry Birds. That'd be great. Yes, I would be all for um, an Angry Birds Sonic uh, crossover um, obviously, you know, Sega makes the Yakuza games. Maybe we can get, uh, Angry Birds, you know, in with the Japanese mob, uh, somehow. I don't know what birds are. I don't know a lot about birds native to Japan. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a bird expert. Um, my name is not Larry Bird, but you know, there's potential for all sorts of wacky crossovers and stuff like that. Obviously Sega more interested in, you know, focusing on mobile games, live service games and stuff like that. I'm just here thinking about how you could get um, the mighty eagle to drive a forklift in Shenmue. Um, that's what I'd like to see. Well, Harry Potter. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about Harry Potter. Speaking of flying around doing bird stuff, um, 
Harry Potter competitive multiplayer game Quidditch Champions has been announced with limited playtest signups live now. Uh, Warner Brothers has announced a complete standalone Quidditch experience that, quote, engages players in the sport of Quidditch and other broomstick adventures alongside friends in a competitive multiplayer setting. I'm assuming that this is like Rocket League, but on brooms. Actually, that's not it's not true. There, There's more. T- I do know a little bit. I know more about Quidditch than I do birds. And I can tell you that Quidditch is not exactly Rocket League on brooms, but, you know. I'm saying that this game, when it is all said and done, might present itself as something similar to a Rocket League, but on brooms. Uh, The studio, which employs around 100 staff, previously developed and self-published mobile multiplayer shooter Fantastic Plastic Squad and PC Battle Royale game Fractured Lands. Warner will hold limited playtests for Harry Potter Quidditch Champions from April 21st to 22nd. So unless you're watching this podcast live now, you're going to probably miss out on it. Um, like other Harry Potter spinoff uh, games like Hogwarts Legacy, the game is set to be published under Warner's Port Key Games label. A release date for Harry Potter Quidditch Champions has not been set. Hogwarts Legacy has sold over 12 million copies this year and raked in $850 million in sales globally um, since its release in February, making it Warner's biggest launch ever. Following the latest in a number of delays, Hogwarts Legacy will be released for PS4 and Xbox One on May 5th and Nintendo Switch on July 25th. Um, I would still like to get in on that uh, that Harry Potter eventually. I would like to get in on maybe not so much the Quidditch game, but um, checking out Hogwarts Legacy at some point, maybe before the year is over. This is the second standalone Quidditch game uh, from from Harry Potter developers. Um, going all the way back to the PlayStation 2, back when EA was making the Harry Potter game. So so back in the day on like uh, like late late PlayStation 1, to so the Harry Potter games uh, made by EA ran from about the late PlayStation One era to about the early uh, PlayStation Three um, era, Xbox Three Sixty, early Xbox Three Sixty era, and um, so for example, the first Harry Potter game was like a PS One game, but the second one was on both PS One and PS Two, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and again, these these games, these Harry Potter games, were based on the movies, but uh, one of the things that EA did is EA also made a Quidditch World Cup. Um, so this is the second Quidditch game, um, you know, standalone Quidditch game for for for, for lack of a better word. So uh, hope y'all hop on your broomsticks and and enjoy the beautiful game. I don't know. I you know again, I would like to think that I know more about Quidditch than I do birds. Um, but I'm starting to realize that maybe my Quidditch knowledge is is lacking as well. Nimbus 2000. That there you go. When you're sitting around at your little cocktail parties or, or whatever you do, when you're not listening to this podcast, and you'd be like, "Oh, did you know that Harry Potter's original broom was the Nimbus 2000?" Uh, anyways, Techland, uh, your friends and mine at Techland, they are the dying light people. Um, are starting to ask players what they'd like to see as the hero. In Dying Light 3, specifically, you know, kind of asking about the protagonist um, in Dying Light 3. Now, they they do stay, like, you know, pretty upfront that they're not currently working on Dying Light 3. There's not, there's not some sort of trick like, oh, Dying Light 3 has been confirmed or whatever. 
they're simply saying, um, hey, what would you like to see as a protagonist, as a playable hero in a potential Dying Light 3? I found uh, the the main protagonist in Dying Light 2 to be pretty bland and boring. Um, so I would like a more interesting protagonist. They kind of, you know, give you... Um, there was a Twitter poll that was ran and, and, uh, the question was, um, if we do dying light three, would you be most excited? Uh, who would you most like, uh, most be excited to see, uh, as the main hero and the options were just a survivor, a night runner, a pilgrim or a GRE agent turned good. So basically a government agent turned good, a, a just a random survivor. The Night Runner, which is the Night Runners, are kind of like the protagonist in the first uh, Dying Light game, whereas the Pilgrims are like more like the second uh, Dying Light protagonist. Um, I would just like to see Dying Light. I know they are not confirming Dying Light three or whatever. Um, I would like to see Dying Light three be a good video game. I don't know if that's too much to ask. You know, gun to my head, Nitwit is Dying Light two a bad video game? It is. In my humble opinion, it is damn close to being a bad video game. You know, talking to a friend about, you know, Dying Light compared to Dead Island. Now that we're at a point where we can actually more directly compare uh, these, you know, two two zombie first person shooter runner, you know, series. And I was like, you know what? Like Dying Light 2 felt like work, you know, for, for a variety of reasons. One, um... You know, it, it over tutorializes, you know, I feel like it takes a handful of hours, like close to a handful of hours to really start to open up the open world and let you run around and do stuff. Um, the, the player progression is slow. The upgrade, you know, systems and mechanics are, you know, just, you don't feel very powerful out of the gate. It, It just feels like it's unnecessarily slow of a progression. And it just feels like a work. It just feels like work, man. It just felt like such a grind, such a tedious, boring process for, for so much of that game. Um, kneecapping itself at almost every creative uh, decision that they, they, that they made in terms of, you know, story, player progression, mechanics. Um, so, you know, even if the Dying Light 2 protagonist was interesting, even if the story that they told was exciting, um, I would argue that that is the least of dying light, you know, concerns going forward. Um, it's nice to see that they're thinking about dying light three. I almost wonder if dying light two has not, you know, sustained enough interest, maybe sales wise or, or, you know, you know, uh, interacting with the game. I mean, I know that, you know, Techland has been very focused on, you know, continuing to, um, support dying light, uh, two, with updates and DLC and, and, and all of that stuff, you know, they talk about a major combat and physics uh, improvement, but I just don't think you can update this game enough to make it the game that it should have been all along. That's kind of where I'm at is, you know, and maybe Techline recognizes that. That's why they're talking about Dying Light 3. Who can say? Um, but again, you have to state upfront that they are not currently working on dying light three epic games let's talk epic games uh the fortnite people among other things uh, the fortnite uh games company has acquired horizon chase studio aquarius to work on fortnite 
Um, they are a Latin America studio best known for working on horizon chase. If you've never seen, um, or, or played horizon chase, it's kind of a cool retro, very retro throwback kind of arcade racer. Very, very simple. Um, like it was like originally mobile game and, and stuff like that, but horizon chase and horizon chase two are cool. Uh, they also worked on Looney Tunes world of mayhem and wonder box. And again, it seems like they are, you know, kind of getting into the Fortnite uh, business now being owned by Epic. I feel like almost every studio that gets bought by Epic in some way, shape or form uh, gets thrown into the, the, the Fortnite game for, for, for better or for worse. I mean, you know, Fortnite is a very complicated game at this point. And it probably should be as one of the big, biggest video games uh, in the world. Um, but this was a developer that focused primarily on mobile games, you know, focused primarily on like smaller indie retro throwback racing games. So not too sure what uh, Epic has in mind for them uh, as it relates to, to Fortnite, but uh, you know, Epic games got a lot of money, make, making money hand over fist and can just buy up developers uh, just like that. Um, speaking of developer shakeups, uh, Halo veteran Joseph Staten has joined Netflix to make an original AAA game. Joseph Staten uh, worked at Microsoft for 18 years and was recently head of creative on Halo Infinite. Now, you might be thinking, oh, well, nitwit. I mean, why would you want to, you know, parade yourself as, as you know, head of creative for Halo Infinite? I mean, Halo infinite wasn't a complete and utter total disaster. I mean, it, it, it reviewed well, you know, critically, um, that might be the best thing you can say about halo infinite, but here's the thing. Like when you, uh, are at a level of development that Joseph Staten is at in terms of heading, you know, halo infinite for, for, for lack of a better word, um, almost any studio would be, would be lucky and, and happy to have you right in this case, it, it's Netflix and you know, Netflix, I feel like Netflix has become like the airplane, the, the, the movie airplane uh, of companies. They're just throwing shit at the wall and, and, and seeing what sticks, whether it be them trying to live stream the season finale of, of, of love is blind and, and that going terribly, or, you know, somehow paying Chris Rock a bunch of money to tell a bunch of boring Will Smith jokes or continuing to focus on, on video games. It just seems like, uh, Netflix is just, you know, just swinging at, at the fences. Um, and in this case, getting, uh, you know, the, the head of creative for Halo Infinite to join them to work on a original, uh, triple a game. Uh, Joseph Sand also a writer on Halo three and Halo reach and a creative consultant on the uh, strategy spinoff Halo Wars. Um, now, here's something interesting. You know, we talk about Joseph Staten uh, being around 18 years. Uh, Bungie split from Microsoft. Bungie, of course, being the original Halo developer, split in 2007. Um, Staten worked as a writer and creative director on Halo 3 ODST and as a writer and co-creative director on the original Destiny. However, he returned to Microsoft in 2014 to work as a senior creative director at Xbox Games Publishing, which partners with indie studios to create Xbox uh, franchises. He left the publishing division in 2020 to help 343 ship Halo Infinite as the game's head of creative. In January, it was reported that Staten was to leave 343 to rejoin Xbox Game Studio Publishing. 
However, he is now leaving to join Netflix. Netflix said last month that it was planning to release another 40 games in 2023, taking its offering to 95 by the end of the year. And again, if, you, if you're not familiar with uh, Netflix's offerings, um, if you have the, uh, and I'm just, don't mind me as I look at my phone here for just a moment. If you have the Netflix app on, on something like iPhone, um, if you scroll down, um, just, uh, just a pinch, you will see, and I'm going to hold this up. I don't know if this is going to catch on camera. Probably not. Yeah, that's not going to, oh, there it kind of shows up. There you go. Right. You can see that there's a, um, you know, a Netflix games, uh, solution, uh, not solution section. You know, we have SpongeBob get cooking for, uh, for iPhone Android. We have uh, solitaire, uh, 12 minutes, nailed it. Baking bash, uh, a Mahjong solitaire game, uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles, shredders, revenge, stranger things, oxen free. They got, they got games, man. So if you're, if you're trying to get into mobile gaming and you're already paying for Netflix, might as well, uh, Fuck around with what Netflix has to offer. It's not going to cost you anything extra. Uh, Netflix recently announced that, uh, that Academy Award nominated screenwriter uh, John Spates uh, had signed on to pen its Gears of War live action movie. Uh, Spates was also nominated for a Best Adapted Screenplay for Dune. Which you crow wrote with Dennis Velvenuve and Eric Roth. I hope I pronounced Dennis's name correctly. I probably didn't, but it's okay. And listen, Netflix, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Maybe it's going to work out for them. Maybe it's not, you know, trying to make, you know, adaption, uh, adaptations of, of games, trying to make games uh, and everything in between. Uh, we shall see. Maybe Joseph Satin can kind of steer that ship in a positive direction. We will find out. Um, Facebook continuing to just gut its company left, right and center. Um if you don't remember, back in 2022, Facebook laid off 11,000 employees, 13% of its workforce. Last month, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced plans to axe another 10,000 jobs by May. And a lot of those jobs are coming from its gaming division. Um, it seems like, you know, gaming, I wouldn't say, so it's the gaming division. So they talk about, you know, Ready at Dawn. Uh, you know, the studios ready at dawn and studio uh, downpour interactive. And a lot of these companies, you know, were working on VR games. So it seems like they're cutting some of their VR game studios, but not necessarily cutting the VR, you know, manufacturing and design process. Right. So I don't know what the fuck Facebook expects you to play on your VR headset uh, if they're gutting, you know, a lot of the VR game studios, but that seems to be the plan right now. Meta's, uh, Meta's fucking Meta, uh, Meta's latest round of layoffs has hit internal game development studios already at dawn and downpour interactive. Um, after the latest round of cuts started on Wednesday, employees from some of the company's VR development studios took to social media to say they'd been laid off or that colleagues had been, but one third of the studio uh, was laid off today, including the studio ed claimed Thomas, uh, uh, Grebel, a senior engine and graphics programmer at Lone Echo developer ready at dawn, which Facebook acquired in 2020. So Facebook acquired ready at dawn in 2020 and we're now in 2023 and things don't seem to be going so hot, especially for ready at dawn. Uh, 
um, you know, um, you know, downpour interactive developers tweeting that they also got laid off. Um, Facebook recently claimed to have sold 20 million Quest VR headsets since the platform launched in 2019. Um, boy, uh, Meta's vice president for VR shared the figure with employees during a product roadmap presentation that was leaked to The Verge. Oh, my God. So one of the things that was kind of addressed, I don't know if this was around the time that the roadmap presentation happened. And this I find fascinating and depressing all at once was the people that bought into VR, you know, especially Facebook's VR offerings around 2019, you know, 2020. Um, the people that bought in day one are continuing to buy software for those headsets. They are also more interested in future headsets and future hardware offerings uh, from Facebook. However, people that, for example, got, uh, you know, Quest VR headsets for Christmas uh, last year or, you know, Christmas the, the before, basically the, the earlier, earlier you adopted uh, VR, uh, this is, this is Facebook's, um, you know, kind of uh, reporting and Facebook's numbers, the earlier you adopted VR, the more you have continued to support VR with more game purchases. Those that bought VR fairly recently have already dropped it and have already moved on to other hardware and gaming services. So you are, you are as in Facebook has been unable to, you know, capture the attention and the interest of its most recent customers. And you think, well, oh, but VR is getting better every, every year. We have new games coming out, you know, all oh, PlayStation VR just came out all, oh, you know, Facebook is working on its metaverse and all that stuff. And nah, man, like the people who bought VR are still playing job simulator, still playing beat saber. You know, maybe they're messing around with some newer stuff. Maybe some people are interested in seeing what PlayStation games they, you know, PlayStation 5 games they have that are, you know, can be compatible with the VR headset or whatever the case may be. But in the case of Facebook, man, like, you know, they're going to announce a MetaQuest 3 headset, which will launch this year, supposedly two times thinner, at least twice as powerful and cost slightly more than the $400 Quest 2 headset right now for who, for what, like what, like, you know, especially if you don't have, uh, games and software to support this hardware, man, I'll tell you like VR definitely seems to be trapped in that chicken and egg scenario of, well, we need hardware for developers to develop software for, but in some cases there is so little value in developing software for this unpopular hardware that even Facebook is needing to gut its own, you know, software developers uh, in order to save a couple of bucks. I mean, of course, you know, Mark Zuckerberg could always take a pay cut or, or, or something, but uh, God forbid uh, he do that. Speaking of people who are going to be taking pay cuts for life, Gary Bowser, who is a Nintendo Switch hacker, will pay 25 to 30% of his income for the rest of his life to Nintendo. This is a fucking crazy story. Speaking of fucking around and finding out, uh, Gary Bowser is currently paid $175 of his $14.5 million damages owed to Nintendo. So, 
Gary Bowser, uh, who was a uh, member of a, of a hacking group, was convicted for creating and selling circumvention devices, enabling users to play illegal backups of Nintendo Switch and third uh, Nintendo Switch and 3DS games. Now he has been released from prison early. He was in the big house. Maybe he was hanging out with Dominic Mysterio. I don't know, but but Gary Bowser. Yes, the guy's name is fucking Gary Bowser, not Doug Bowser, the guy who runs Nintendo America. But Gary Bowser, maybe he's like his, um, maybe it's like a Dennis Quaid, Randy Quaid scenario. I don't, <laughs> I don't quite know. Uh, Bowser was sentenced in February 2022 for 40 months in prison for his part um, as part of a um, uh, hacking group which in 2013 began creating and selling circumvention devices, enabling users to play illegal ROMs on consoles, including Switch and 3DS. Um, In an interview uh, with uh, Nick Moses, Bowser said he was released from federal prison in late March and is now at the Northwest Detention Center in Tacoma, Washington, where he's undergoing processing before returning to Canada. So I guess he's Canadian. Hey, shout out to our Canadian hackers. I'm not saying that Nintendo do not come for me. I didn't, I did not just say shout out to our Canadian hackers. Um, Bowser uh, now has to fulfill the other part of his sentence uh, in which he has been ordered to pay $14.5 million in damages of which 10, a $10 million payment to Nintendo is considered the priority. I'm assuming the other four and a half are legal fees or something. I don't know. In an interview, Bowser claimed he has paid $175 of this to date, which came from the job he was doing in prison, but says that upon his release, he will have to start paying a percentage of his gross monthly income to Nintendo. With the agreements uh, with Nintendo, the maximum they can take is between 25 and 30% of your monthly gross income, Bowser said. And I have up until like six months before I have to start making payments. In order to pay off Nintendo fully under this agreement, Bowser would have to earn at least $40 million before taxes. Given that Bowser is 53 years old, Torrent Freak suggests that uh, this will mean Bowser is unlikely to ever fully clear his debt and will be paying Nintendo for the rest of his life. In June 2020, a transcript of Bowser's sentencing was received by Axios in which Nintendo lawyer Ajay Singh reportedly said that the sentencing was a, quote, a unique opportunity to send a message about piracy. U.S. District Court Judge Robert Lasnik uh, seemingly agreed with Singh, stating that TV and movies regularly glorify hacking as, quote, sticking it to the man, giving the impression that there's no harm uh, in it, given how much money large companies make. At one point, Lasnik asked Singh, what else can we do to convince people that there's no glory in hacking slash piracy? Singh said uh, there would be a large benefit to further education of the public dude that's like man 140 uh, sorry uh 14 and a half million dollars he's gonna be paying that for the rest of his life now listen i'm not here to say whether the punishment fits the crime i am just saying that is quite the punishment to receive Uh, Bowser is 53 years old, probably won't pay it off in his lifetime. Oh man. I, uh, don't, 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 mm, don't fight Nintendo on piracy because they will, they will stick it to you. You think you're sticking it to the man by hacking and, 
fucking around with Nintendo piracy, man, they will stick the cooker to your ribs like fried rice, dude. Like, whoo. Damn. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the games that are uh, coming out uh, this uh, next week and then this week and and so on. Some of the games that I've been playing. Uh, So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Um, you know, kind of, kind of a calm before the storm sort of thing going on with, uh, with gaming right now. We have dead Island out, uh, tomorrow. That's uh, Friday, the 21st last case of Benedict Fox out next week. That's April 27th star Wars Jedi survivor out April 28th. And of course in about a week and a half time, Redfall out May 2nd, you know, when we look at the dead Island two uh, reviews, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's, it, it kind of tells an interesting story, I think, because Dead Island 2 is, I think, uh, oh, I typed in Dead Rising 2, which is a, a different video game. Please excuse me. We look at Dead Island 2. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's 20. Okay. So if we look at Dead Island 2 Metacritic right now, it's uh, about 74 out of 69 reviews. 70, uh, 74 out of 100. Uh, for comparison, I should probably open a second tab when I do this. Sorry, I should have done this before uh, we came back from break, but... Uh, I'm going to do it now. Very similar... Okay, so... Looking at Dying Light 2's reviews um, on Metacritic in comparison with uh, dead Island twos uh, reviews, a very, very close, very close. Uh, Dying light two scored a 76 out of 62 reviews. Uh, that's for the PlayStation five version of dying light. We're just going to compare PlayStation five versions for now, uh, compared to 74. So like two point, two point difference. Um, which leads me to wonder if dead Island two is actually as bad as people are saying it is in some cases, because I would not, if I was rating games out of a hundred, if I was rating games out of a hundred, I would not give dying light Two a 76. Again, this is just my opinion, but, and we're going to talk about other games in a, in a moment, but if you were to be like nitwit gun to your head rate dying light two out of a hundred, I would not give it the 76. So seeing dead Island two, uh, score 74 compared to dying light twos 76 leads me to believe that maybe dead Island two isn't as bad as some people are saying it is. I mean, you know, it is a more linear experience. It, it maybe trades more in, in goofy humor and, and wackiness compared to dying light twos more, more serious, uh, tone, but, um, with reviews kind of hitting for, for dead Island two, I'm a little more interested in it than I was uh, prior to it coming out. And, and you might think, well, why would you be so excited about a game that has a, uh, has a 74 out of hundred. And again, I think a, a lot of it just comes down to, I'm shocked that it scored that high and that dying light two scored that high when dying light two originally came out. So definitely interested. I don't know if we'll be picking up dead Island two anytime soon, but I am more interested in it now than I was when it came out. And again, that is going to be out tomorrow. What I've been playing is I've been, again, just trying to focus on that backlog, man. Like, you know, 
I have Game Pass. I have games that I, I've purchased digitally that are collecting digital dust and, and, and all sorts of stuff. So I've been really trying to focus on just clearing out my backlog. So since, um, I guess since last week, I have started and finished Outriders. Uh, Outriders, if you don't remember, is the game from People Can Fly. People Can Fly made the Painkiller games, which you've never played Painkiller games. Oh, man, Painkiller is fucking awesome. Uh, Outriders is also made by the people who did Gears of War Judgment. So, uh, yeah, Outriders originally came out April 1st, 2021. It's almost like a sick April Fool's joke in that regard. I'm joking. It's not that bad. Um, but is that, you know, it's Outriders is that online only cooperative third person shooter action role playing game, right? You know, you're, you're shooting. Uh, you're shooting your guys, uh, you know, various guns and, uh, abilities. I played as the Technomancer, so I focused a lot on my character, focused a lot on various gadgets. I had grenades, I had different turrets that I could throw out onto the battlefield to, you know, distract enemies, uh, you know, chip away at some health and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I mostly enjoyed my time with Outriders, but... I found the low, the, the, the lows were, where were the lows and the highs weren't very different in terms of, you know, the, the amount of time I really enjoyed my experience with it versus the amount of times where I just found it kind of bland and boring. I ended up probably putting about 18 hours or so into it, finished it up over, you know, a week's time roughly. And I'm glad I finished it. You know, uh, I wrote a review. You can check it out on uh, GG. If you never use GG, it is an app for uh, tracking uh, the games that you've played and, and leaving user reviews. Um, you can also see a screenshot of that review that I wrote up on my uh, Instagram or my Facebook, uh, my Nitwit Facebook account. Um, but basically, to, to kind of sum it up, I said... Um, uh, as competent as it is forgettable, people can fly swung for the fences with their attempt at a third person shooter RPG, but the end result is their most mediocre game to date. I'm glad I played it on game pass, which then got me thinking like, how do we recommend game pass and PlayStation plus games? You know, I, I had the chance, you know, I was over, uh, at somebody's house who had a PlayStation five and we spent, you know, time looking at damn near every game that is on that PlayStation uh, subscription service and Outriders is one of them. But would I recommend Outriders over other similar games on PlayStation Plus? Like if you were looking for a third person shooter action role playing game, whether it was online only or not, um, you are much better off playing the division two than outriders. Like, like 10 times out of 10, I'm going to recommend the division two, um, over outriders. Now, maybe you don't want an open world game, but maybe you're still interested in the third person shooting. You're still better off playing, um, you know, something like, uh, you know, the vision two compared to, to outriders. Would I recommend, uh, outriders over games like, I don't know, borderlands three or, or, or Anthem or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I might, I might do that, but, uh, there are still uh, a significant number of games that are better than, uh, outriders, 
But if you don't really care and you just want to just check out a game, I guess if your standards for games are, are so low and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but if you could, you know, kind of care less as long as it, you know, is, 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 you know, kind of an easygoing, you know, maybe, a, a you know, a, a brainless experience. And again, I don't mean that it sounds so negative, but if you just want like a popcorn, just shoot shit and don't think too hard about it. Yes. You could do worse than Anthem. I'm telling you, uh, sorry. Oh, you could do uh, worse. You could do worse than Outriders. You could do definitely worse than Outriders. I'm just saying that, like, we now live in this in this weird era where we have access to so many games, uh, whether it be on Game Pass or, or PlayStation Plus or, or free to play or whatever. Like, you could do worse than Outriders, but you could do better than Outriders. That's why I ended up giving it a three out of five uh, over at GG. Again, check out GG if you're looking for a good place for. Um, user reviews and, and maybe tracking your own, you know, library of games and games that you've been playing and, and stuff like that. I am not sponsored by GG or anything like that. I just came across it recently. Um, it's like letterboxed for, if you never use letterbox, letterbox is like a kind of a user review site for movies and stuff like that, which I found really handy and cool to use. And, and GG kind of fits that, uh, for games. So, you know, next week, Definitely have plans to check out um, the last case of Benedict Fox and Jedi Survivor. So we'll we'll probably play some last case of Benedict Fox. We'll stream it. Mm, will we stream it? We might stream it on Thursday. Uh, we will definitely stream some Star Wars Jedi Survivor if I can swing it. But I'm not going to really be able to talk about those games until until two weeks from now. So um, you know, next week we'll we'll talk about whatever. We'll talk about news and stuff like that. Uh, maybe we'll come up with some other topics that aren't news related to, to talk about next week. But um, the week after that, I'm going to be talking about last case of Benedict Fox. I'll be talking about Jedi survivor and maybe whatever chance I've had to play Redfall. but it is going to be a, a crazy week um, in two weeks. It's going to be a crazy week next week. It'll be a crazy week the week after. So games are hitting, man, they're hitting hard and they're hitting, you know, damn near every console that you're playing on. You know, if you're, if you're looking to check out, you know, dead Island two, that's on uh, PS4, PS5, Xbox one series X and S and PC last case of Benedict Fox, which I'm really looking forward to is coming out on Xbox and PC star Wars, uh, Jedi survivor, of course, on PS5, Xbox and PC, and then Redfall, which is that Xbox exclusive on series X and S and a PC. So I think that is going to do it for the show today. I have been nitwit. You can find everything that I do over at my Linktree, linktree.com slash nitwit, G-N-I-T-T-W-I-T-T, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, everything, everywhere, all in one convenient location. I'm going to try to do some more TikTok videos, some more, you know, shorter uh, shareable videos for social media and stuff like that. And just, you know, kind of see how that goes for me, you know, kind of spread the word about the content that I'm making, the content that I'm about, what I'm doing. You can, you can of course, tell a friend, tell a family member, check out Glitch Report. Uh, if they're looking for the latest and greatest gaming news delivered to them every week in podcast format, that is going to do it for the show. I have been Nitwit. This has been Glitch Report. Thank you so much for listening, watching, and hanging out. Take it easy. We will talk to you next week.